You're listening to Red Nation Online. All right, losing to DC at home. How low can you go? I guess that's the subject of tonight's podcast. Uh, as we're back from uh, a one nothing loss uh, to DC United, and um, for most of the game, honestly, watching this game, I was just scratching my head, thinking, "What is it that's wrong? What have we done wrong?" Uh, it nothing seems to have changed over the three years. We still struggle with this striker situation, and. To be honest, the lineup looked really good. Like we had um, all our firepower up front. We had uh, Mista and Santos both playing in striker positions. We had De Rosario as a supporting role, and yet we can't get a fucking goal. Like I just don't get it. Uh-huh. Like I just I sit there super I, frustrated. I feel your pain, Steve. I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> Probably if you weren't so bored to death. I mean, you know. Well, uh, I, I mean, mean, we have to really we get have comfortably to re- numb or something. Yeah, right? we have to frame this this particular game within we do. now DC United are the the bottom of the league they have the worst uh they have the worst record within the league out of both divisions out of both divisions they uh have 18 points um and they have uh won uh five uh five games um I wonder if any of those are on the road uh, no I don't believe any of them are on the road however they successfully managed to come to uh, BMO filled today, and for large portions of the game, right. outplayed uh, outplayed Toronto uh, successfully. Yeah, and uh, this is one of the few occasions that I can remember. Um, very few I can remember the players being booed off the pitch at the end of the game. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's true. I mean, there's it's been the a first. few occasions where, um, especially when it was wet and cold, and they really played badly, like a couple of seasons ago, where the crowd was getting a bit restless, especially when. We like when the team was first like sort of formed that they had gone like weeks without scoring a goal, and uh, but this is I mean at the end of this match you could really sense the the utter utter disappointment and despair. Yeah, the the the, the fact that we were we we had just played the worst team in the league who are incapable of winning away, very uh, much like Toronto are, <laughs> um, and uh, and. They they owned us for for well for what for what seemed like an eternity in the second half, especially. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we um, we were looking at the we were looking at the game, and it was just all at the other end. It was all around the Toronto net, all the action, which is just surprising. This was a do or, this this was really, in my opinion, a, a do or die do or die game for Toronto. This was, and because but- we had the this was. This was the best opportunity that Toronto had coming into this real closing stage of the season to pick up a solid three points to and, be built upon. And to the blind optimists out there, uh, like some of the media, like the CBC that I was listening to this week, they were saying, really, we needed to at least get 13 points um, from the Chicago Fire game on. Uh, this, we only got one point out of the Chicago Fire game. And so that left us with six games in hand, six games to get four, uh, four wins out of. This was the one that we should have won for sure. Um, if we had any chance of winning any of the ladder matches, which we're going to talk about later on in the podcast, 
this was really going to be the platform that that we could have from streak was going to sort of launch start from. from totally <clears throat> now if we if we if we if you don't mind i'd like to just rewind a little bit some of the games that were on during the summer the home games and we discussed at length um the fact that we didn't we couldn't understand or or frame toronto's sort of um or many people's as well as the organization's hope that they'd be making a playoff run with such poor performances both on the road and at home the successive number of home draws and really weak performances at home um i mean we were struggling to work out whether this was uh this was this was realistic now i suppose at the time the wheels were wobbling but in my mind, the wheels fell off when uh, New York came here and won 4-1. Yeah. I think that's really when oh, that's the wheels okay. fell off. After yeah. that point, I think anyone who realistically thought that Toronto would be making a playoff run was delusional. Delusional. That's a good way to put it, yeah. Because after, after New York came here and so, so like methodically ripped us apart and did it with such style, uh, I mean, I think anyone after that game that thought, you know, this is a, a solid team that's got a chance of making the playoffs... Was just either mental or, or kidding themselves, yeah, or, or just dumb. Yeah. So that's my opinion, anyway. This was a not a pretty game of football. I kind of, when Steve and I were sitting there in the stands, I said, uh, "This is kind of like watching two retard kids like have a really scrappy, nasty fight." You know, it wasn't wouldn't wasn't pretty to look at, and ultimately, you know, whomever won, it wasn't going to be a great victory anyway. Yeah. So, and and that's exactly how it turned out to be. I mean, it was awful to watch. And and for most of the game that we sat there and talked about, um, really we just criticized the the play of of our team. Like there was not really much to talk about in favor of them. Like there wasn't really much going forward. I mean, aside from maybe three of the defensemen who had uh, you know pretty good games, uh, which would and those being Gargan. Uh, Adrian Kahn and uh, Nana Adakora, they had, uh, you know, they played well. The rest of them. But there's one point you made during the game, Steve. You said that you'd, you'd never seen like a group of players so like disconnected. Hmm. There was no like sort of. There didn't seem to be any connection between them. When there was a play, it was all dislocated and like uh, stuttery. And, and it was particularly improvised. Um, it was particularly illustrated by sort of the Hiskanovich Sarich. Um, they just had no chemistry. They didn't work together. I only saw them work together once, but really, um, they just couldn't make a pl- string a pass together. They couldn't break out. They couldn't uh, make a you know any, bring anything forward momentum wise. It was just it was awful watching them play. They just didn't have anything to. It's like they it's like they were from two different teams <laughs> and put together. They never played together before. It's like that. Yeah. It was like they've never played together. Well, it was, it wasn't a pretty, the first half um, started off quite lively and Toronto kind of, in my opinion, looked the better side uh, in the first half. Although it was a fairly even match. Uh, DC were pushing up and they were certainly pressuring the, the Toronto goal. And they, um, and they got one off the goalpost that actually hit both posts. Yeah. Uh, and to me, is uh, even now thinking back on it, I'm still surprised how that didn't go in. <laughs> I mean, we got lucky. Freak. Uh, and they DC hit two posts, so you know, to me, it's like DC really deserved to score tonight. I mean, they had greater opportunities, greater chances. Well, the uh, the other the other high point of the first half as well was the great run that Derosario had through the middle. 
where he took on. And that was in the first five minutes. Three defenders, and then managed to get a great curling ball away that, that was just beautiful. sort of hit the post, unfortunately. And it looked like, you know, if it had been an extra foot, then it would have made it inside, but unfortunately it didn't. Um, that, in many ways, was the highlight of the first half. That was it, though. Um, and that came in the first five minutes, and then it was like the it just half, dismantled. Um, the second half was was just really not a not a pretty sight. Um, the the team the team just looked like ragged and like clueless, and there was no fluidity to the attack. I mean, for long periods of the second half, the play was exclusively in our end. In yeah, we were in defending. Our, we were defending relentlessly, and which and means- this is against a side that really and like. On paper, you could just say they're shit. And they the don't DC really... United are shit. They don't really have an oppositional strategy, uh, like an attacking strategy. They don't have like a strong player up front, aside from Nair, who plays on the wing. None of their middle players are great. Like, Hernandez isn't that great. The uh, None of them. And the goal didn't even come from them. In fact, when you look back at it, the goal came from their central defender, James, mm-hmm. who you know just happened to be in the melee of a, cor- of a corner kick. He just happened to be on the yeah. end of it. So it was happenstance almost why they scored or how they scored. It was when you think of that, it's just kind of not really exciting. It wasn't an exciting game to watch and whatever. Yeah, these we're really Toronto FC at this stage in the season is paying the piper for all those shitty home draws where they really they had chances to win. They had lots of chances to win, but it just became a frustrating like pudding that was sticky and they just couldn't get out of. Well, now they're paying the piper for that. Well, when you think of it, I mean, if you look at your games as also part practice, we've been practicing to lose well all season, mm-hmm. haven't we? Yeah, you're to true. give up, give up the shittiest games, and you know we're we're putting it into practice. And, and the other thing that we're paying for is, and we've said it almost every podcast, is the lack of depth on our bench. I mean, we've got when we're bringing in Joseph Nane uh, and O'Brien White. Um, as our substitute players, they are poor replacements for the people that bring on. Nani just like when he came on, he gave just... the ball away every time the ball came. To... In fact, it's I refer just... to him as a black hole because when the ball went to him, then we would lose it. It was, it was, and but the same thing with O'Brien White as well. Like, yeah, he's 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 as far as being an impact player, like coming <laughs> off the bench and he's making the furthest thing from it, it. I know it's just it's almost it's almost. I guess the only reason that uh, Mister uh, sorry Santos had to come off was because he was just tired or, you know, he just couldn't carry on. Well, he's probably come off... I mean, he's just come off of injury, right? His first game back was against Chicago, and mm-hmm. he only came in the last 30 minutes. So I think they started him because he, maybe he felt like he was, could play more of a game. They but probably he wanted probably, an early goal out but of But I'm sure they don't. They didn't want to play him for a full 90 because he's probably not ready to play, come back. Well, I think, Steve, this probably opens it up for a discussion about, like, a sort of a player evaluation. With sure. Um, now we can start maybe... Uh, do you want to start at the back or the front? Let's go from the back. We'll start with maybe Stefan Fry. Well, uh, Stefan Fry has really been the bedrock, in my opinion, of this team. For the season, yeah. Um, but tonight, today, in my opinion, he had a very average game. Um, yeah. he, he, it certainly wasn't a, st- a stellar performance. And, uh, and when, you say, when, you say, when, you say, when you say an average game, when I think of you saying an average game, I'm thinking you're giving him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, you're saying, but when you mean average, you're saying he had a pretty, a somewhat poor game. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it kind of hurts me to say that, you know... To, I don't want to, to say that either. It hurts me to kind of p- put that sort of criticism on Stefan Fry because he's been one of the few players that we can rely on. However, in this game, like, uh, normally he would be operating at a high level. 
So that really frames where I think his game was today by saying he had an average game. Yeah, okay. Um, Let's say that then. I mean, sure. he can be relied upon continuously to basically save our bacon. All of those those draws, those goalless draws throughout the summer or were basically as a result of Stefan Fry. In many cases, we would have lost all those games. Sure, and he did come up with one really great save today. But I mean, he, he there's he failed him a number of other times, and and it baffles me why he gets the player of the match tonight. Yeah, who knows? It's the it's the great mystery of the <laughs> it's the wheel of fortune. The Toronto FC man of the match. Yeah, the Carlsberg uh, wheel of fortune. Uh, Nana Adakor. I I believe he deserved the man of the match. I agree with you. Yeah, uh, I think, uh, he played both great up front. He was in a lot of the uh, scoring opportunities that we had. Uh, I, I, there was two chances, to, maybe three, that he almost had uh, an attacking role, and he was uh, instrumental in stopping a lot of the play that uh, in the first and second halves that were coming through. He was he was everywhere at every time. Nick Garcia. Nick Garcia uh, had a Nick Garcia game. It yeah, was, uh, normal. Awful. It was just. <laughs> I mean, I, I I did see him win. Nick a, Garcia win a had a, an few. average game. <laughs> <laughs> he, but when we say that, we mean he played awful normally. His shit self, yeah. if I could say that. Iskanovic? Iskanovic um, should have been substituted long before half. After th- like 30 seconds. I, well, no, because I saw him make a few overrunning, overlapping runs in the first eight minutes. Yeah, but no one ever used him, though. That's, yes. And um, probably for good reason. Yeah. Uh, but... Without getting uh, too critical about his def- like his offending, like his offensive chances, I mean they don't go to him because they just don't think he has he can cross it or like make a play through. Uh, he just gave up the ball every time. He not not that he gave up the ball. He was covering Nair, who's a great player, and gave him a shitload of space. And all the plays came through Nair, that the goal scoring opportunities in the first twenty minutes. Yeah. And that's number and, 14 and I thought, for uh, yes, for, for DC. Yeah, and he was running circles around him as well. He was incredible. He had a great game, and you know, he didn't have a great game when Gargan came on because Gargan knew how to cover him. Uh, and in fact, he had to come over, he had to switch sides, he tried to come through on the other side. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, if you hadn't learned from the first five minutes, uh, and you just kept on giving him the space, you're going to continue to make that yeah, mistake but I think all the way that's, through. That's, I mean, like, if you're if you're not a great player, you can't think, oh, I'm getting like circles run around me. It's time to start playing good. You just need to mark him tight. Yeah. I mean, sure. it's not, it's not simple. It's not difficult to figure out the strategy. Yeah. I guess that's what makes a good player though, is one that's able to sort of work out what's going on. Yeah. And then adjust their playing profile which is accordingly. Why I, which is why either someone should have said something to him or they should have taken him off. If he can't get it. Can we just do a quick segue there quickly? Sure. Did you notice that there was seemed to be a pretty heated discussion between, uh, Stefan Fry and De Rosario at one point. There was an injury in the first half. Yeah. And Stefan came out and was like shouting at, at, at De Rosario, at Rosario. saying, I, from the hand gestures, I was saying, you know, you've got to keep it tighter and more organized. And then as he was walking away, De Rosario was like sort of fuming, like screaming at him, like saying, you know, yeah, probably shut up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, Yeah, that's what I gathered out of it too. And it I mean, like- it may be wrong. I mean, I was a good 400 yards away. So it's probably hard to... But it appeared that there was like some heated tempers. Yeah, it, they weren't getting along, and and I was thinking, uh, you know, this happens when a team just starts disintegrating, mm-hmm. right? Your best play; these are our two best players, uh, not getting along all of a sudden. Like, and they were letting the, I guess the, um, 
how awful they're playing get to them yeah. and taking it out on each other, which will affect them down the road because maybe they won't be able to play together well. You know, they certainly won't work together. They won't want to work together. And, uh, uh, yeah, I was thinking, yeah. Anyway, I was thinking, yeah. So, Colin. It was, it was, that's a tell, that was a telling moment. Yeah, again, for sure. So. so, Colin, how do you think Colin played tonight? Uh, I thought he had a great game. Yeah, I think so as well. I think he did. Pretty well. Um, well, and he was playing well with Nanatakor. I mean, when uh, you know they would back each other up on the defensive, they they play great as a team. I think that they're. A good it's one thing team. about Khan that I don't really kind of understand, and that's I mean, he's such a big guy, mm. but in in the set pieces, I'm not sure why they don't put him closer to the keeper. Yeah, because he's such a big guy. He's so tall. Um, I think if they put him closer to the keeper, and was he was able to crowd the keeper and like sort of go for the ball alongside. I think it might be a little bit effect, more effective than pulling him all the way away and hoping that he gets his head on it. Because he's got to make a lot of di- he's got to make a lot of distance up and he's got to so, run around. Players. We play the ball so tight to the keeper we in do. our set pieces. We do. You're right. No, and I agree. And I think uh, and even he can act as a screen if not boxing him in. You know, mm. I think he would uh, be much better to mark the keeper almost like mm. stand on the keeper's side. Um, in those set pieces, especially in the corners or, or the throw-ins that Gargan has, which acts like a corner. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was that one time when Gargan threw it right to the keeper, yeah. and we were thinking, where was the run? Yeah. <laughs> Why wasn't anyone like next to the keeper? Why, if, if there was someone there, that would have been a goal. That was uh, that was in the second half. That, I think that was one of our few attacking opportunities in the second half. Yeah. We threw the ball straight to the keeper. Sure. Yeah. So well, let's, uh, let's sure. moving on to Gargan. Uh, Gargan. Uh, I, now he had an interesting game because he started in the midfield. Mm-hmm. He was uh, playing on the wing. He was. And then uh, when, he's playing on the right wing. And when uh, Iskanovic was substituted in the second half, he came uh, in when Labroca came on, uh, he dropped all the way back. Yeah. Uh, Gargan again, I think had a great game. Well, not a great game. I don't think anyone had a great game <laughs> as such, but he had a good game. He did, yeah. <clears throat> but but he played he's really something like a utility player. But mu- very multi-dimensional. I mean, he can play. He does a lot of overlapping runs. He has that throw that uh, is so effective in getting uh, can in giving us I wish opportunities. Wish it was more effective. Well, it's just because we don't have the scoring. We don't have the finish. Again, it's the same thing from year one to year three. We still don't have the finish, but he makes the opportunities. At least you have a player who's making the opportunities. Mm, yeah. I mean, if it's it's not his fault that we can't score, he's he's delivering what he has to do. He's doing exact. He in, in terms of the utility player, he's doing exactly what he has to do. He's getting the ball in that six yard box, at, which is such a dangerous position. Mm-hmm. Now, if we can't finish, then that's something else. That's a different story. But Gargan, I, 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 he had a great game both on when he was playing midfield and on defense and he was both attacking and I mean he yes Gargan was an all around great had an all around great game uh, De Guzman uh, my notes for De Guzman were sporadic shitty chaotic uh, I I would also add non-existent in some scenarios I mean he seems so like in on many occasions like everything is like a panic like a flick it doesn't seem to be like a very controlled or methodical well I think he likes to play a fast game um, but you know there was a lot of opportunities where for a three million dollar player or whatever he gets paid, he was just uh, choosing to drop out of the game. Like in the last 20 minutes when we were pressing, he was opting to be the two, one of the two defenders who lies back on the center mid mm-hmm. center line. And I'm thinking this is a guy with a lot of talent who could make, who could turn anything and, and in tight opportunities, maybe open up space to get a shot on. Why isn't he up there? I, I just I almost I feel like he choose chose not to be part of it. I think a lot of players tonight chose not to be part of it. 
for a do or do do or die game. Yes, I think a lot of them opted for the uh, maybe not die, but maybe do not. But but it was <laughs> but it was but the Guzman demonstrated it in yeah. more more ways than I saw than other players. So again, in the midfield, we had uh, Sarek. Uh, Initially, and then none. Yeah, none. So we could talk about Sarich first. Yeah, let's talk about Sarich. Sarich, Sarich was uh, uh, just had a poor game in terms of possession. I mean, as a midfielder, we rely on midfielders to pretty much control that mid, that middle park. And every time he got the ball, he lost it. Mm-hmm. Like I just thought, that's the that's the only thing that you're there for. And if you can't do that, I'm uh, you know I'm surprised that he lasted the 60 minutes that he yeah, had. Yeah, but he. I think the problem, the reason he did last his 60 minutes was because the <laughs> option no, on the bench yes. was yeah. uh, <laughs> Nain. So yeah. and we can talk about Nain now as well because he replaced that position and he came on and continued to lose the ball. Yeah, just. I mean, I guess he followed up what. Uh, I mean, he did it worse than Sarich did, right? Yeah. He did get a lot of balls right away, and every time it came to him. He lost it. He turned it over. He kicked it to the team. He kicked it to the their players and like like it we like he was passing to them. I just thought either he's in on the take or he's just awful. Yeah, I think he's just awful. I, I, I just can't figure <laughs> out which one it is. And I hope they're paying him a lot if he's on the take. So De Rosario, uh, my notes for De Rosario were <laughs> first half was good. You, so, you know, I, I, when I said to you in the game, you were counting recounting that story of uh, how he went on in on goal. Uh-huh. And I said to you, that's the captain. That's a captain's play. Mm-hmm. That's why we. That's why he's the captain. Mm-hmm. And I regret saying it because after that he didn't play like much. Well, of a yeah, first I put I had first half was good. Second half he looked tired. I think after the first ten minutes he just started moving to that drop to the drop to the floor and just kind of. He also didn't want to be. I felt like what, what the fuck. He had fuck? a great run, which was just him and one defender, and um, he oh, just yeah. looked like he just didn't have the the legs anymore to sort of yeah. make the run. Which that is... that was actually interesting because he ran from the twenty yard box, and then I I felt like it was a relief that the guy that the guy got the the ball from him because I don't think he wanted to make the run further, <laughs> and I just thought maybe this is age something. Just looks a bit tired. Hey? Yeah, I don't know. Um, Mr. Uh, the two attackers for the game were Mr. and uh, Santos for, um, for for the first half. Uh, Mr. in my opinion appeared to be non non committal. He wasn't really sort of pushing up and making bold plays. Sure. And he didn't really appear to have a forwards role. He was playing so deep for much of the game, hmm. um, which in in one occasion Di Rosario pushed up, and Mr. was so far back, and I was thinking like. He doesn't know his position. Actually, I was thinking about this. And, but there was, I, I was another th- another occasion where uh, Santos received the ball in from Di Rosario. And I was just thinking, where's Mister? Like, <laughs> if the, when the ball drops, because there was a challenge with the keeper and the ball dropped, where was Mister? That's where your striker's supposed to be, right? And it, he was, again, playing so deep, far back. It's maybe, Again, maybe it's a, a sort of a legs issue, a tiredness, where they just don't have the legs yeah. to keep that... that pressure on i think that's i think that's giving them an excuse though i think mista is a converted striker he doesn't know the position well uh he's our only options really Mm -hmm. and he doesn't play it because he doesn't know the position he plays like a server position he's not playing and i even at one opportunity where he crowded out santos for the ball he went for the long ball instead of going for the short ball which there was two of them. Santos was covering the far post. He should have gone to the near post. Near post. Instead, he went to the far post because he doesn't know his position. I, I think it, it's a. It, we've got a player who doesn't know where he's supposed to play. 
and he did have good two good opportunities. I felt he was a better striker than Santos was tonight. I mean, I felt that when Santos got the ball, he looked awesome with it, but he didn't get it. the opportunities that Mista did. Mista had two chances on net and still didn't score. Um, they weren't great chances, but they were chances nonetheless. And I mean, when we, and, you know, we were praying at one point, we were praying for anyone to shoot, right? Yeah. We were just like, not Again, praying, but we were like just hoping anyone could take a shot. Well, it's, that's, we were cheering non for taking a shot at the bottom of the center circle. <laughs> Which, but, it, but this is um, this is one thing that we've discussed again at length is the the lack of like scoring opportunities we take. Yeah. Not every goal has got to be like a perfect like setup. The ball drops, you no. look up. It's just you and the keeper. Uh, often and in most cases, <laughs> goals aren't pretty. They're not beautiful like sort of magical moments. No, it's just they're seizing, just grinding out a win and, and, and season season the moment when uh, a defenseman maybe makes the wrong play and gives you a second of space and you from know, thirty yards out and you know to take the shot. Yeah, we just don't take those opportunities. We don't, or we don't take, take enough of them. We don't. We do it on occasion, but. Those shots from distance. I think shots from distance. The more you can get, the the the, the light higher the likelihood the ball's going to get. Let's imagine one in ten goes in. Yeah. You only shoot five times, and, and it it rattles a keeper. Yeah. I mean, the more shots you get, the more nervous a keeper gets. Yeah. You need to just keep, keep him doing, on his toes. You need to keep working him. So uh, Santos uh, came off in the second half, and O'Brien White came on, and uh, I really have nothing <laughs> to say about O'Brien White. No, I I mean, you know, again, he's a striker who doesn't... He no, seems I think to, he's a runner. It, I think he's a runner. Sure, he is a runner. I think he's a runner, and that's it. Yeah, because he, he, he rarely gets a touch on the ball, and when he does, he's it doesn't do anything with it, really. His ball control sucks. He, he do, he, the ball doesn't... After it touches O'Brien Wade, it doesn't get to another player, and it, it usually goes out or it or it turns gets turned over. No. You're right. Now, um, there's one. The, the other area that I think that we should discuss is obviously um, the the upcoming Our fixtures. Chances. Now, sure. So we. So could, there's a lot of. It's, I, I, it's, I, there's, 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 at the moment within what? the the sort of discussion and chatter that there is online and within the media and what have you, there's there's two distinct trains of thought. One is kind of that you know this is there's a realistic chance that Toronto FC can make the playoffs. That there's there's a there's the potential is there for this to actually happen, and there's another. But that's of, but that's a technicality, right? That's like really. No, no, but I'm just saying that these are sure. the two positions that we have: is that people who are actually believe that you know that that the, the team can do it, and then there's another side of thought that is that you know this is a done deal. It's been a done deal for a while. Um, now looking at the upcoming uh, fixtures that we have. Um, and well, we should we should say that uh, one of the one of the critics that I heard that, um, this week was saying, no, it was actually the commentators at the Chicago Fire game said, uh, technically we should try and get thirteen points out of the next seven games, okay. and that would mean a tie and four wins, and that was when we had seven games, and now we're down to five, mm-hmm. and we've gotten only one draw out of that, so technically we would possibly need to win four games i don't even know if that's gonna guarantee us a spot uh yeah. because because of what we were looking at with the games in hand that uh the lowest team well which, san jose, san jose. Has, uh, they have i think they have three, three games in three, hand. it looks like they have three games in hand they have three games in hand and they're above us within the league they are above us by um 
Well, they have they're, 32 points. 40, yeah, four points already. So they're ahead of us with three games in hand. And we have 28 points. Now, the games that we have still to play within the season, on September 18th, we have uh, Houston away. Now, from now, everything, all, all results moving forward have to really be framed, in my opinion, against losing at home against the shittest team in the league. Sure. So because because that like was if we had and, if, and if I, we had beat the shittest team in the league three nil, then we could say well, well you know this game we still got some game. However, just losing against the shittest team in the league sort of frames our well our th- current and that it, was our best lineup. Yeah. Uh, so I I also want to give you that this I agree with that because that was the best we could we have our best lineup out there and they can't they can't win against the worst team at home. So I want to just add that one little extra mm-hmm. factor there. Um, so uh, now, so now this is an interesting point as well. We have Houston away, and we've not won at home, uh, one on the road yet, have we? No. So we so can't. We've, we've we can't expect the win. Speculatively, we're saying that we could get a draw from that. So it's a point. Now, San Jose and, and Houston is. We, I want to say is the, the bottom group in the other division. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I, I, we can't expect a win because we can't win on the road. But maybe we can get a tie. Maybe we can. So we'll give them a tie. Let's um, let's, let's say we think we might get a draw. Real possibility. As San Jose um, at home on September twenty fifth. Um, San Jose are sitting. Uh, That's the team we need to catch. Yeah, San Jose are sitting above us with games in hand. Um, now again, there's the the potential there for a draw, in my opinion. I mean, we might be able to draw. We them. might be able to draw. I mean, we we lost to DC, who is even worse than San, than Houston, then we, or than San Jose. So then we move to Seattle on October second, which is an away game. Uh, Seattle uh, again sitting above us fairly considerably, and I, in my opinion, that will be a loss. Yeah, I don't think that we have a chance of winning that. Game. I don't think we can beat Seattle. And anymore. then we have uh, Shivers uh, away on October 9th. and I, in my opinion, that will be a loss as well. Yeah, I don't think we could beat them. Um, and then we have Columbus Crew at home, and the Columbus Crew are uh, the the best team, or equal best team in the in the league. So I don't think that we can win that. And then we have DC United, the last game of the season on October twenty third away. And we lost to them tonight. We so. lost to them at home. So so maybe we can get generously a um, predicting a draw. So from the remaining games, I think realistically we can get three points. Which like is nowhere delusionally, near. we might be able to get six, but it's nowhere near the twelve that we need. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to happen. So, the season's over, really. Yeah, I think so. I think. Uh, I think. Uh, I think our season. Our season. I think our season went into cardiac arrest when New York came here, um, and then from that point on, we've been in a coma. You know, with uh, the doctors sitting around <laughs> staring at us and. Uh, our family and friends weeping, and then today they decided to pull the plug. Yeah, and Good now day. now we're just waiting for everything to shut down. Now the question that I have after seeing today's, like we, I mean, we've looked at these numbers. This was humiliating. We've today. looked at these numbers, yeah. and we've worked out statistically, you know, in our own mind, the likelihood of us going on a playoff run. Now the players have probably done the same numbers themselves. I'm sure they have. They sat down and with a chalkboard and. Precky's probably given them all a, like a lecture and this, that, and the other. No, had the team given up? The way they played tonight, maybe. I mean, 
I know it's uh, kind of like, you know, all guts and glory, never give up. It's not, you've not, you've not lost until, you know, you've lost. But after watching the way the team played and this disconnection between all the players that appears to be quite apparent on the pitch, I mean, it, they, it, it would appear to me that they, they're not delusional. No, I think they're playing realistically. <laughs> I think they're not delusional. I think they know that, and many of them in, in many cases are on a one-year contract. You know, they're not on like a five-year deal or whatever with multi-million dollars involved. So they know. have nothing to play for. They're, they have nothing invested in this team. They don't give a shit. It so, doesn't matter to them. So it this, might... this is just training for them, really, to try and get their next contract. Yeah, I think, you know, they try and look good at towards the end of the season. And, may, and maybe that's, but, what, that's what you get for having, like, a contracted-out team, right? And for some players, like uh, Gargan and uh, Nana Adekora and Khan, who, you know, really appear to have a great game tonight, are these, the, these are maybe the players that really want the commitment, that really want to win and really want to, well, probably just want to get signed again. Well, yeah, and I think Khan and uh, Adekora are playing for their, t- for their hometown, Yeah, right? So they, you know, for sure, I think. And Gargan, I think, is playing because Preki gave him the chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, he brought him out of op- uh, out of retirement to play for us. He, you know, he wanted him to play for him. So I think Gargan's playing for his coach, and I think the other two are playing for their city. Yeah, it's a, uh, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't imagine, I can't imagine that, especially the second half, how, uh, this is a team that's really like sort of they're going to die with their boots on. They're just going to you know just keep tearing away until like at the bitter end. And they don't look hungry at the, all. The coach tells them it's done. You know, don't worry, time to pack it up. A lot of it, lots of them have checked out already. These, yeah, these guys. Um, from our sort of assessment on the play tonight of player by player, I and mean, it becomes apparent there's a there's a pool of them that are just shit. That you know it doesn't matter what happens, they're going to be awful. But the other group, this kind of core group that we're relying on. They just kind of like, they just, they they just, they just turned up, checked in, and you know did their job, and they're going to check out and go home again. Yeah. Same as some factory shift. Yeah, yeah. You know that's that's really what it appeared to me. Um, yeah. I have to say uh, we're not joined again by Sparky tonight because uh, Sparky had some uh, other stuff that he had to uh, attend to this evening after his uh, big European vacation. But, but he got off lightly. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would say too. <laughs> so Sparky, which I'm sure you will be listening to this later on. Um, we should have gone with you tonight and uh, had some fun. We should have crashed the wedding. All right. So, well. well, so the next game is on uh, September 18th. It's an away game against Houston, who um, who aren't a, a fantastic team by any measure within at the actual league. They're sitting uh, they're sitting at the bottom of the Western Division on 23 points, uh, and Toronto are sitting in third on the Eastern Conference on 28 points. So it'll be interesting to see um, how these teams match up, and that's really, I think, why I'm predicting a draw for that game. So, um, so the, next, one point. the next home game will be um, um, against San Jose on September 25th, and it'll be interesting to see how this all pans out. Now, there's one, uh, one closing point I have to make, and that is what a terrible state the pitch is in. Yes. It looks like... Uh, it's like... It looks clumps like, of no grass on it. And yeah, it looks dry like it looks like a bit of a dog's run, you know, where yeah, the dogs like dog park. the yeah. dogs have pissed in the certain spots, and the, just the grass won't grow there anymore. Along, maybe, the side, along our side, the east side. Yeah, maybe when the players are like practicing, they just go over there and have a piss on the side. Like, <laughs> <Could you know? laughs> well, that's what you know. That's what happens in real life. So, uh, 
I, I, yeah, I mean, you were saying that um, you know in these five on five scrimmages where you put the nets on the on the touch lines mm-hmm. on the sidelines, um, that's probably the wear and tear where the goal mouth is. Mm-hmm. And but it just like they it just seems odd. To I the, think it's because the uh, sprinkler doesn't reach over there, and it, so they can't water it, and they can't they, even if they put seed down, it's not going to take. It just looks shit. Uh, and it's it's hardened in concrete, so they have no soil for grass to grow in. It's pretty awful. It yeah. Divots like a whole sideline of divots. It's it no didn't good. look. Uh, it didn't look like a, a well maintained. <laughs> and pitch. they and they and they showed that one pic the picture on the on the big camera like on the big screen of the the other side, which also looked like it was basically a face with a lot of acne. Like yeah. there was like lots of like uh, yellow spots and like missing grass and, and the, <laughs> I, I mean it was worse than some of those pitches in south africa right so. yeah it was uh it looks really really dry which is surprising because the the bastards water the thing almost fucking 24 7 i'm sure uh, there's a sprinkler on right now i'm sure it'll be on all night as well while the rain comes down but uh, yeah we'll sprinkling it in the rain but uh yeah the pitch just uh doesn't look like it's really uh too healthy it makes me wonder what it will look like in the spring next well, year well it makes me wonder why they invested four million dollars in it it's, if I built, if I spent four million dollars on a load of grass, <laughs> I don't think they put the whole money. I mean, I'm just saying that because that's what they got for Morris to do, right? And then they said they were taking that money and putting it in the pitch. I doubt the four million went into the pitch. No, I'm sure it didn't. <laughs> One thousand dollars in yeah. the pitch. <laughs> anyway, guys, we'll uh, we'll be back for the next home game. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. And uh, this is Timmy V on the left saying good night. Oh, this is Steve on the right. So.